Hello, and thanks for joining us. Two sharp chefs and a microphone here. I'm Lorraine Moss, chef, journalist, bibliophile, especially cookbooks. And this is Louis Victor, chef, professional food photographer, and an ilurophile, especially naked ones. Ooh, what does that mean? <laughs> Checkyourdictionary.com. <laughs> we started this podcast to build a greater sense of community among cooks, chefs, restaurant workers, and food lovers everywhere. Let's go ahead and start with this podcast's sharp quote. Fear is the path to the dark side. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. By Yoda, the ultimate Star Wars Jedi Master. Mm-hmm. Hmm. <laughs> Getting geeky today, huh? Interesting we are. Yeah. Today we have a VIP guest, not just for Louie and me, but his name has come up multiple times on multiple podcasts because many of us consider David Thomas the Yoda of chefs. Mm -hmm. Chef David is a culinary director, hotel partnerships for Jose Andres Think Food Group. Before working for Jose, El Jefe, as we call him, David worked in big name kitchens across the country, including Thomas Keller's Ad Hoc, Les Nomad in Chicago, and Auberge du Soleil. For me, David has been a mentor and a friend, and to this day, the best boss I've ever had. Thanks for joining us, Chef David. Wow, mm -hmm. thanks for having me. Well, Can you even live up to the hype now? Nice <laughs> intro, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Here's your $20. <laughs> right? <Yeah>. Hey. <laughs> so we talk about bosses, uh, executive chefs on our pod and in cook discussions just pretty much all the time. But it's rare to work for someone who, <laughs> we always talk about this, who scares you. But you also like and respect. <laughs> yeah. So we'd like to know, Chef David, how did you become you? Wow. It's a loaded question. It really is. It's super philosophical yeah. too. But yeah. I, I How'd you get to this point? I don't I don't I don't like to be scary. I don't want to be scary. You kinda but, do though. You, know, you have to set boundaries for right. sure. You know? Yeah, but my uh, experience of Chef David as opposed to other chefs, he doesn't, you know, like outwardly display his displeasure of you. <laughs> he's a one word guy. Well, like one, one word, like he's like, fix it. And then you're like, oh. <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's so funny. It's like, so we've had so many people that don't work for think food group anymore. You mm -hmm. know, we've moved on to different things or maybe worked somewhere else and come back. And yeah. just, we've had so many people. This is such a small world. People never realize how small the chef and restaurant world is. Yeah. Don't burn bridges. Mm -hmm. Never ever be nice, be kind mm -hmm. and respectful. <laughs> um, and they all kind of say the same thing that they are intimidated by you, but in a good way. <laughs> yeah. So usually, you know, I shouldn't say usually many times there are chefs that you're intimidated by and you're just intimidated by them mm -hmm. because they're a-holes because they're scary because they swear at you because sure, they throw yeah. things mm -hmm. because they throw things at you mm -hmm. or because call you an idiot sandwich. <laughs> That's right. An idiot sandwich. <laughs> Sorry. Or I got retarded. Right? I mean, just like the meanest things what ever. Things that just crush your soul. I know. <laughs> um, and that's all they are. They're just plain sure, intimidating. Yeah, and that's yeah. kind of a, it's a chef thing, you know, it's sometimes, many times. Mm -hmm. um, and then you've got the ones that you like are buddies with and you want to go get a beer with and, but they're like, you're not scared of them at all. Mm -hmm. So that, I guess that's, kind. to be more specific, that's kind sure. of what we're getting at is yeah. how yeah. do you get to the point where people, you can intimidate people, but also they, they like you. Yeah. I think, let's see. I mean, I got to go way back for this. So we got to. 
We're going to trace the origins. Please, please, from the beginning. We'd like to know, honestly, <laughs> yeah. because we're going to trace the origins here. Yeah. You know, a lot of us are heading in that direction. Sure. You know, where Absolutely. we're either executive chefs yeah. or we're close to being them, and mm-hmm. we want to be like that. <laughs> yeah, I would say. Well, first, I want to thank you both for having me. Uh, it's been a dream come true, Chef. Oh, we've been we've been waiting for this, to be honest. <laughs> like we were waiting to ask you. We we had to nail twenty five episodes to kind of get our groove. Yeah, so we, we wanted to make sure that we had our episode. crap together. Yeah. Now we do, yeah. so we feel good enough to, yeah. to reach you. out to like bigger names. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Not that any of our guests prior. Oh, to we've had right. some big names. Right. It's just right. Yeah, yeah. there's a there's a special place for you. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's great. You know. 25 episodes of getting the setup down first, yeah. you know, yeah. before the show starts. That's different personalities, <laughs> different yeah. things, mm-hmm. technical difficulties. And, you know, like Murphy's Law, everything that can go wrong will go wrong. Yeah. Well, I will say this is, uh, I'm really, really honored to be here because this is, this is really cool to watch the two of you come from where we met you know five years ago yeah. and it's where it started yeah for us. and uh and to watch you evolve and to create mm-hmm. this uh i think you're doing amazing things for the industry and for our fellow chefs and, and uh restaurateurs that this is this is a awesome awesome podcast to be listening to so thank you congratulations awesome on that Here, here's one. your 20 dollars back <laughs> yeah right <laughs> <laughs> and i'm i'm honored to be here so yeah thank you so much so, okay, let's get into it, right? So intimidation, the yeah. beginning, yet likable. I think... I, I, <laughs> likable intimidation. <laughs> I can't speak for everyone, but um, I've always been driven. You know, I've always a uh, rule follower, you know, from the beginning. I didn't want to be the one getting yelled at. So uh, <laughs> I came from I came from kitchens of all sorts, most of which were the old school yell at you, throw right. things, scream at you, degrade you. In different languages, maybe even. <laughs> Typically, yeah, lots of that. Um, and it's one way of motivating people, for sure. You know, you can, and I, and, and in those kitchens, I learned sometimes more uh, in those kitchens, in those environments than I, than I did in other styles. Um, so, it's all what you get out of it, I guess, and how much you're willing to put up with. Right, you know? right. But those true. those types of environments have a shelf life. Agreed. You're not going to be there forever because yes. you just can't. You can't emotionally, it's too physically. too stressful. It's stressful. And we, we, we're, in a, we're in the industry where we deal with high levels of stress. Already. Already. Yeah. Uh, on a daily basis in a very fast-paced environment. So... You know, th- like I said, th- th- there's a shelf life on those types of things. Mm-hmm. And and I, I, I maybe I knew early on that, you know, it was an opportunity to just get the best, find the best things from those types of, of places. Right. Um, and be able to sort of push, put aside the all the name calling and the and the, and the fear, the fear mongering. Yeah. So maybe you were also developing what you didn't want to be. That's exactly it. I knew exactly this is not what I want to do. I don't want to be this type of person uh, because I see what it does to people. Um, but I can, I also see the high levels of execution that can happen. The 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 caliber of 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 food. The standards are super high, um, and the expectations are really high. And so those types of cooking establishments fine dining typically you know are um that's what people seek that's what they go for that's where the high check average is it's where some of the most amazing creative Mm -hmm. creativity is 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 happening in the industry um but i knew i didn't want to be that you know so 
So I moved on and and as I cooked through different kitchens around the country, as I, I was trying to find my own voice, find my own style. Um, a lot of times inadvertently, you know, I was just absorbing and 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 really just checking things off the list of what I didn't want to be. That's definitely Chef David is he's extremely observant. Mm hmm. I mean, you're anything if not observant. I mean, I, it's <laughs> you're one of those people that, you know, it ends up behind you and you don't know that. They're yeah. there. I I, I've always liked that Jedi move. Yeah. Like, Chef David's got I, eyes on the I've back used of his it. Head. I've used <laughs> it, you know, as a sous chef. So, mm -hmm. well, you know, I don't know. I find it sometimes most of the time dumb luck, but I have this amazing uncanny knack to walk in to the right in situation at the complete wrong time for most individuals. Right. You but know? you're not a small person. You're not the size of Louis. <laughs> right, you know what right. I mean? He so like, like, you know, six like foot plus Jones. and it's like somehow I didn't hear you behind me while I'm cutting chives. Yeah. yeah. Chef David's got like It's a skill. Toes, right? so. Yeah. I don't know. It, yeah. Super yeah. quiet. It is being observant for sure. Mm -hmm. You have to be, you know, you have to be aware, uh, constantly listening. People, people will talk. Mm -hmm. You know, and you can get enough you can get enough information just by listening. Huh, that's uh, true. And, Interesting. And if you create a comfortable environment around you, then you don't really have to ask questions. You the answers, the, the question, the, the, the information comes to you. Um, so that's one that's one tip. OK, yeah, for sure. Yeah. You know, create a but you have to create the you have to create the environment. Right. But and and, and you know. I guess getting going forward with that type of uh, style is I am a very I, I'm a very detail oriented person. Mm -hmm. um, I like structure. Yes. I like to create structure and I like to I like to uh, hold people accountable for that structure. But the but the difference is, um, you know, uh, an individual or a boss can create structure, um, but they're not always clear what the expectations are. Mm -hmm. Right. So they may like they're working through osmosis or something. You're supposed to know what I right, want. Yeah. Right. You know, well, that and, happens a lot. And that doesn't work. Yeah. So so I'm a big I'm a big advocate for being um, clear mm -hmm. uh, on the expectations to everyone. And you're direct. And mm -hmm. it has to be, you yeah. know, and that way you get your point across. And that way um, you can do it in a, in a, a setting or a forum where everyone's being addressed. Mm -hmm. Or it's one on one, but but the but the most important piece is the clear, concise expectations. Because once the expectations are laid out, then it's a lot easier to hold people accountable. It's the fair, the right. way to, of doing things. How are you That's supposed right. to hold someone accountable if you haven't told them what you what you expect? Mm -hmm. You know, it's not fair to them. So it's true. Yeah. So that's sort of the way. That's definitely the way I look at that piece. Um, However, once those expectations and boundaries are, are laid out and someone doesn't meet those expectations or does it the, an incorrect way, then the accountability has to happen. Right. Then you have to be vocal on, uh, OK, this is why we had this conversation, because it needs to be this way. Mm -hmm. Right. And and creating that type of environment or that structure in my mind, keeps things clear and organized. Right. Right. But then you're giving you're giving feedback, you're giving direct feedback to people um, and and employees, they need feedback. Mm -hmm. They need to hear that good, bad or the other. Right. As long as it's it's clear, it's concise and they're and they're getting feedback. Then you feel like you're growing, you're learning uh, in a fair, 
comfortable environment. That's true. You know, because how would you know that you're growing when you don't have the bar or like a measure yeah, exactly. of your standards? Right. And, th- and that's a great thing. That's like a two way street where, you know, Chef David's actually there to give you the feedback is most places, you know, you're you're kind of just like feeling it out. Yeah. And you don't hear anything until yeah. you're in trouble. Right, yeah. exactly. Or in the weeds or some other bad thing. Mm-hmm. You know, there's not not really any direction. Chef David actually wants to make you better. Yes. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you've met those expectations, he's going to try to set the bar a little bit higher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I remember yeah. Uh, we have conversations about, um, you know, <laughs> it sounds crazy and, and it's funny. And OCD, but that's that's what I love about Chef David. It's like we'd have conversations about setting up your mise en place or setting up your station. And, you know, if it takes you 25 steps, well, there must be a better way. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> How can we make it 20 steps? Mm-hmm. How can we make it 18 steps tomorrow? Yeah. <laughs> and Motion it sounds studies. crazy, but it works. It's yeah. the kind of crap that set me up for years. Yeah. yeah. Years to come. Mm-hmm. And I've used those, well, those I mean, directions yeah, I mean, with other cooks. And that's true. That's a big piece of it. And whether it's OCD or not, it's about time management, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And it's we, we're under the gun. We're, we're, we have a clock against us from the moment we walk in the door until service starts. And so it's a constant c- countdown. Right. Right. And so how do you how do you create? go from 10 steps to something to five in the most efficient way other than analyzing, evaluating and reevaluating on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. Um, Because if you're stagnant, then it will take you the same amount of time every day to do the same thing. Right. Which, you know, maybe you can get to that point, but I mean, that applies to everything in life, Mm -hmm. honestly. Yeah. Like I reorganize my kitchen that way, Mm -hmm. my personal home kitchen that way, because Right. Of those things that I remember and learned. Um, Another smart man told me that when a leader walks into a room, you know. And it's interesting to me because this particular person that I work for at Border Grill a couple of years ago, he would be able to walk into a room. And for whatever reason, it could be any kitchen in America. And for some reason, he looked like the boss even if they had never seen him, mm-hmm. which I thought was a really interesting ability, you right. know? And I feel like Chef David also has that ability. Is this something that you develop over time, you know, or were you always a boss? Were you like a boss in the playground? Or no, how, cause you definitely so. walk in the room and you kind of fill the room in the sense of, uh-huh. oh shit, Chef David's there. Yeah. Right. Like, oh. <laughs> like, oh, there's everything in the place. Like, right. how, I mean, is it, is it a, you are you aware of your body language is it again is it developed over time you know were you like this as a cook like no it's definitely an acquired over time okay trait i think and and, you know i don't i i don't view myself that way Mm -hmm. you know um however you know you're definitely other people might right um because even the servers know chef next to the health inspector Yeah. Like <laughs> when you're in, in on property, yeah. everybody's like, Chef David's here. Chef David's here. Yeah. Pass it's, down. Pass down. Yeah. Yeah. Pass yeah. It's down. like, it's like Devil Wears Prada or something. You know what I mean? Except not in the mean way. Right. You know, it's like, oh crap, gird your loins. Yeah. Like, you know, it's just clean up. Yeah. Well, pre- yeah. I think, you know, like, presence, it's, it's about presence, right? Right. And so how do you, so how do you that? get to yeah. that? It, it, confidence is one thing. For sure. Um, and knowing your audience, who, what you're walking into. Um, and that takes time. That takes time, you know, knowing who you are as a person, as a chef, as a cook and being true to yourself. And um, 
exudes confidence, you know, whether whether you know it or not. So everyone everyone has body language that they um, have grown accustomed to or, or habits over the years kind of thing. So, um, you know, I don't think I've always been that way, but as I've grown in in roles and responsibilities, you know, you have to learn how to lead and how to direct um, in your own style. I don't think I would have that same presence if I walked into a room where no one knew me, you know, so I think it might be different. I don't know. I don't know. But, mm -hmm. <clears throat> you know, I get nervous just like the next person. That's what I was going to ask you. Yeah, is, are you sure. scared of of anything? Because it doesn't like it always seems like like things are going like if something's going down mm -hmm. and like things are on fire, it still just feels like Chef David is just like got it under control. Right. <laughs> that, that like takes a the lot. way that you look, you yeah. look. You look like you're confident that everything's going to be cool. <laughs> Another mm -hmm. one of those boxes that I checked a long time ago of what not to do was panic. Uh -huh. Right. And I've seen and worked with chefs that you never look panicked. Well, because you have to. On the because because if, if the lead, if the person in charge does, mm -hmm. then it, it's like it's widespread. Then everyone right. starts freaking out. Right. Right. It's true. Yeah. It's and like a so disease. You have to. Yeah. You have to be the one driving the ship. And if the if the person who is supposed to be leading is a complete mess then what do you think the rest of the team's gonna do That's they're gonna true. go down it's right? like a an yeah. energy funnel oh for sure yeah. it's an energy yeah so so that's that's something that is a that's a conscious decision is to whether my insides and my brain is telling me oh shit we are going down and Right. So you Alarm. are thinking it. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, because you, you're a poker player. <laughs> oh, I'm a terrible poker player. But you are but, when it like you're yeah. a poker player. <laughs> well, because and it's I can't that. believe that you're not a you're not a good poker player because you're a poker player well, in life. I don't play. At poker. least how's that? I'm okay. <laughs> At least in your career, like you have that. He might have beginners. I can't luck. tell. Let's get him to right. play today. It's important. It's important because there's so many messages. There's so much communication needs to happen. Uh, and that's firing, uh, you know, really, really quickly throughout service, whether it's servers coming up to you or allergies or right. somebody's, you know, on a table or, you know, a million things. The fryer starts on fire. Right. You know, right. All of these things happen at the most inopportune times all at the same time. Right. And so you take a deep breath. You analyze again, right? You <laughs> take you take stock of the situation <laughs> right. because because your decision is going to impact everyone, and so it's uh, it's important. It's it's definitely a conscious decision to remain calm, and that way people go, oh, okay, we got this, right? right? We can do this. That's awesome. And that yeah. it's about it's about directing that message to the teams so they feel they have the confidence to get through this. Right. And we all know we got each other's back. We're going to do this together. Mm -hmm. right. This could be the worst service on a New Year's Eve, the busiest and during CES, right? And we're all going down. We can't turn tables cuz food's getting refired or whatever the case may be. But you know what? We're going to get through this. In the grand scheme of things, we're just cooking food. Yeah. Right. You know, we Chef. forget that sometimes. Yeah. So regale us with a story. What's your worst service and how did you handle it? Oh, boy. I don't know. I think most of oh. those stories have been pushed really far down and I can't even <laughs> tap into one. <laughs> right. Because that's it's like usually nothing, what we do. Everything's good. Right? Yeah. Like, it's, it's like, OK, take at the end of the service, you take you take what you learned. 
you learn from the bad so you don't make the same mistake twice. Mm-hmm. And you move on. You seem like and the you move type on. that does. You move on. Yeah, right. there's no dwelling on it. But you have to you have to take account of what happened every right. day. Because how are you going to get better? Right. How are you going to learn from your mistakes? How are you going to... I mean, when we opened Bizarre Meat, um, the whole firing steaks process... We'd never done before. We had to like make that up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like the tempering of the meats. We knew that was that was that was one of the the main port, port components of the of of cooking the steaks there. Right. So how do you how do you create a structure around that that's never been done before from an order, a fire, a timing, um, so that it hits the table when it's supposed to, when it's and it's the best. Um there's a lot of trial and error, you know, and we had a lot of really hard nights trying to get through that process. Yeah, Tima shared one of those with mm-hmm. us. Yeah. 35 steaks <laughs> up in flames. Right? Oh, my God. <laughs> Is that when he dropped it? Yeah. When the, when the, when the whole rack went down? <laughs> Holy crap. We were like, how did Chef react? He's like, not good. <laughs> yeah. He did not like it. Yeah. Um, so. <laughs> we got through it, though. Yeah. We got through it. You know? it's, it's the the wax on and wax off. But, like, yeah. the ability to learn in between that. Yeah. When you come back to work. Obviously, and this is a chef yes. David quote: one percent better every day. Every yeah. day, yeah. yeah. That's all it is. Yeah, it's not. You don't have to. We're not. We're not going to the moon. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even though some of these some of these instances might might may prepare us to. If I was, I don't know anything about astrophysics, but but I could. I feel like getting through the opening of SLS South Beach. After that, I could do anything in the world. <laughs> You know, I feel like I could build a rocket ship and probably go yeah. to the moon. Right. That's hilarious. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> so you've worked in all these kitchens. You've hired a lot of people. We always like to ask people this who are kind of at the top of their game. What do you look for in a great cook or a great chef? Because I think uh, Chef Carlos had mentioned this. You mm-hmm. know, a lot of the time he's mostly looking for potential, um, not necessarily the guy that's been ten years grilling or, mm-hmm. or something like that, or or the woman that's been in twenty five restaurants. Yeah. Right. Not all the time. I mean, sure, there's all you always want people like that in your mm-hmm. kitchen, but what do you? What are some maybe personality traits, or when you're in an interview, you know, what are you? What are you seeing? You know, what are you liking? What are you not liking? You know, it's uh, it all depends on where your team is at at the moment, you know, and what, what needs you have. That's interesting. I've never mm-hmm. thought of it that way. It's not always about the individual. Okay. Um, so what fits? It's right. The, it's the right fit. Oh, and, it's interesting. Uh, you know, a kitchen like Bizarre Meat, there's so many individuals, you know, there's, mm-hmm. it takes, it takes a ton of people to run that, that kitchen and, and the front of the house. And so when you're, it's, it, it was, it was a lot harder during an opening. Mm-hmm. Right. Because you need everything. Right. However, everyone's different and everyone can offer something differently. And so putting the right people in the right places to make sure they're successful is key. But you don't always know what that is. Mm-hmm. You know, you kind of take guesses or you hope for the best. It's kind of like a sports team when you're starting a sports yeah, team. Yeah. I mean, it's like <sighs> fantasy cook team. It's, right. It's it a is true a fantasy team. Cook it's team. a team. Yeah. yeah. You don't want all of the same person. Right. Because then you'll have a mess right. <laughs> on your hands, you know, right. right? There'll be drama involved and everyone's right. competing and all of that. Right. Like everybody type A and everybody's yeah. like bossy. Yeah. yeah. Or the other way around. Everyone's quiet. And, right. Yeah. Uh, and you never really know that f- during an interview. You know, you can look at a resume. It's usually like a foot in the door mm. um, to give someone either a call back or a stage. Uh, 
have ideally it's it's um a reference from either yeah. someone already on the team those are key Mm -hmm. Those are the ones you're always looking for. Right. Because you've worked with this person before. You can kind right. of vouch for them mm -hmm. or at least their 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 style of cooking or their work ethic. Yeah. And I rarely vouch for anybody. Mm -hmm. So when I do, I mean it. Yeah, yeah that's because true. I'm always about my own reputation as well. Like, and everyone's like that. Right. And I tell everybody <laughs> if someone, oh, I've got this friend. He'd be there'd be great. Are you you sure? know, she's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Let bring her on. Yeah. You're responsible for that. That's it. You get one of those. <laughs> if they don't make it. That's on you and you right. never get to refer someone again. But exactly. <laughs> there's always, you, I'll always give the chance. Mm -hmm. you yeah. Know? <laughs> True. So if you set that expectation, yeah, that's then people good. are very, they're much more aware of who they're putting forth as, a, as an employee. Right. Um, you know, em employees are, uh, it's like a puzzle, you know, putting the team together and keeping the team strong. And so you can, you can put really anyone into a team that is, has a willingness to learn, uh, ideally not so egocentric, you know, uh, we do things a lot differently. So it's better if you come in humble and willing to learn rather than, oh, this is the way I do it. Or, right. You know, and that's OK, but you can you can kind of you can kind of beat that out of a person. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the, here's the key is is you it's all about the people. Always, no matter what we do, it's always about the people. It's always about the team and creating a team environment right. where people enjoy working. They like to come to work and they push one another. That way it's not me. I'm not the always the, the one pushing everybody. Yeah. You right. create an environment where where there's uh, accountability, accountability on all accountability, levels. But they're accounting. <clears throat> they're accounting for uh, they're holding each other accountable. accountable right. Yeah. Accountability you know? on all levels. I love that. Exactly. Because like, you know, you, I would have like a coworker say like, hey, did you just try work? And, you know, it's not like necessarily like the higher ups, uh, you know, yeah. pursuing or like, you know, pushing us to do it. Yeah. But it's becoming a habit because of that. We constantly remind each other like, hey, you know better. Yeah. Don't do it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's when, you know, you have you have something special, mm -hmm. right, is when when you have an environment like that where everyone holds each other accountable, not because they're they're trying to be mean or anything like that. It's because they genuinely want to do a good job mm -hmm. and they want the people around them to do a good job. And if you if you have an environment like that and you drop somebody new into it, that isn't the right fit. The team's going to tell you. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's why we have stages. That's why we, we make sure people come in one day, two days, three days and hang out. Just mm -hmm. hang out. Just see it because it's not the right fit for everybody. Right. You know, they might say, "Oof, this is not what I'm thinking of. But thanks. But no, thanks. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, you could drop them into that environment and I get the consensus from the team. Like, what did you think? How did they work? Were they clean? Are they organized? Yeah. Uh, were they a mess? You know, did mm -hmm. they burn themselves or cut them? You know what? And, and and that's when you that's when you get the support of the team to to either say yes or no. Mm -hmm. I don't make those decisions. Stodge kind of like a like on the job interview. Yeah. And it's not usually just the opinion of one person. So yeah. Right. Yeah. Short for stagiaire. Yeah. Stagiary. Stagiaire. Stagiaire, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so you've been with Jose and TFG, Think Food Group, for more than seven years now. Yeah, going on eight. Yeah. What makes you stay? Uh, a lot of things. Um, the people, you know, it always comes back to the people and the opportunity. The longevity of a chef in any operation or any scale always is dependent on whether you what you're getting out of it. 
right? What you're learning. If you have, if you're constantly learning and, and you feel like you're in a good place and you have the support of, of your leaders, then why would anyone leave? Right. You know? And, and <clears throat> so we try to create that same environment in our restaurants for our staff. Staff was always number one, mm-hmm. number one, always. And so that's where in programs like the CDP program are so integral into keeping people and the longevity of, of chefs and cooks because they always feel like they're, they're learning or they have a goal right. to reach. And when you reach that goal, there's another one. Mm-hmm. So it's constant evolution. And, and the only time people leave is when they become stagnant. They don't feel like they're learning anymore. And, or it's a, an abusive environment, right. you know, something that just doesn't, doesn't, isn't right, doesn't fit. Mm-hmm. So if you keep giving, if you keep giving that to the employees, they're never going to leave until it's time for them to leave. That meaning they're going on to become a chef somewhere else or mm-hmm. they're opening their own re- restaurant or they're starting their own podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. But I'm kind of still stuck. There. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you're, and we thank you're you running for around. That. Right? <laughs> yeah. um, you've got to tell this story about. Um, I know so many random stories because we've always had random talks with each other ever since I met you. But you got to tell the story about the first tasting with Jose. Oh, boy. Because <laughs> it's one of those funny you know things. Funny? Where I just it's told like, this story this weekend when we were. In you DC, have to because, yeah. you know, there's so many times like at a stage where you're freaking out and, you know, like going in. So many of the people that, you know, you, the team that you built, we're all going for these mm-hmm. stages nowadays mm-hmm. for sous chef positions yeah. and executive sous positions, you know, when we were just cooks all together <laughs> and, you know, we're, we're all freaking out and we're on these like big, you know, text message situations. We're like, Oh, look at this. What do you think about this? Like, should I play it this right. way? Like, oh so, um, you got to tell your story. So I was interviewing for the company and and I didn't know this at the time, but Think Food Group doesn't typically hire outside for head oh, chefs. It's, okay. it's predominantly grown from within, right? Which is great. Mm-hmm. Which is an amazing environment. Again, another reason why I wouldn't want to leave. Um, so it was a unique opportunity for me coming from the outside, right. um, interviewing for a head chef position. And this was for uh, the Bazaar in South Beach. And... It actually goes before that. So my wife was the one who convinced me to do that. Um, I we were good. I had a good a good position, a good job. And I got a call from a friend who I used to work for and work with in Chicago. And he's like, hey, I'm opening this new property in South Beach with Jose Andres. You are you interested in putting your name in the hat? And I was like, you know what? I'm good. You know, we're good right now. (laughs) Everything's okay." but thanks for thinking of me. I hang up the phone. My wife, Elizabeth, she kicks me like literally hard. <laughs> what are you stupid? Like you have to at least try. Right. I'm like, oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> you know, she's the voice of reason. I'm yeah. just, I make the dumb decisions. So <clears throat> uh, I was like, OK. So I call him back. I'm like, hey, you know, just uh, I changed my mind. I'd love to just throw my resume in there. Right. See what happens. And and then I get a call and then I get uh the opportunity to do the tasting. So they fly me to DC 
And uh, I was very confident with my my dishes, you know, and it was all things that I've, I've done before. So you never want to do anything you've never done before at a tasting yeah. because it's just that's just asking too much for of a, a question disaster. mark out there. It already is a yeah. stressful environment. Right. It, it's, you're typically in a kitchen you've never been in before. Right. So you don't you're know where anything stuff. is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, this isn't Top Chef challenge. You know, this right. is like it feels like it, though. I always like think that yeah. in my head as I'm doing it. It does. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you have to have a plan. You yeah. have to have have recipes if you if you can uh or at least dishes that you've done before uh and and you have to be organized and because you're under the gun you know the time yeah so i like to give myself times every 15 minutes i'm gonna do this then i'm gonna you know that way i can cross things off very visual and and you you plan for curveballs you have to expect them. Yeah. So if if they if this protein didn't show up or it showed up but it was bad, yeah, I'm not mm-hmm. gonna I'm not gonna serve that to Jose Andres, right? right? I'm gonna come up with a plan B. So not only do I have a menu, I have a plan B and C for all my items. At least like protein. I love that. And like, oh, that's good mm-hmm. advice. You have to. You have to. I did a tasting one time and and the fish was all bad, oh. and I was like, what? Like, why would you give this to me? One. And then it made me think, do I really want to be here? Like, do right. I really want to work here? Like, yeah, that's true. Okay, so that's... that's or is it a test? <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, you do think that. Oh, maybe they're testing me. Am I going to serve this bad right. fish? Do I know the difference? You know, is it just like know. that? It or? could, but then that's like, that's like really sneaky. Like, yeah. Like, I, again, do I want to work for somebody that's like super sneaky like that? Like, Yeah, that's know. true. That kind of sets the precedent. Yeah. I got to the end of my freaking tasting once and they were like, yeah, everything's great. Here's a chicken. Cut it down. Right. <laughs> like right there. It was so random. I'm like, oh, OK, cool. that felt really sneaky to me because, you know, you get yeah. that. Oh, I'm done. They right, liked right. it. OK, now cut up this chicken. Yeah. Uh, we're setting a timer. OK. <laughs> like, but yeah. You know, a lot of that is. Um, I know we're getting sidetracked here, but no, a lot, I know, but a it's lot just of like... that is it's to see how you handle pressure, pressure mm-hmm. yeah. right? And see how, how people react. Whether yeah. you cut the chicken good or not may not have been the goal right. of what they were intending. You know, it was more of like, uh, is, is she calm? Right. She say, okay, no problem. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you know, how, how, what's your, what's your exposure? To? Oh, I definitely did a chef David there. I'm just like, okay, cool. <laughs> no problem. Let me just scrub my knife. Like, right. You know, the, the, the saying, fake <laughs> but I was freaking you, out. On the inside. Yeah. <laughs> the saying, fake it till you make it is so, it's very cliche, but it, it holds true. Right. You know, it really does. Um, <laughs> Because, you know, do you want to do you want to let yourself be seen as somebody who doesn't know what they're doing? Right. Or, you know, or yeah, no problem. Or who panics. And, pan- right. and, talked panics. About, yeah. Yeah. and you could be completely honest and say, you know what? I don't know this. Yeah. But as long as you're cool and calm and collect, yeah. then. Yeah. Then it shows something about your personality. You're yeah, not going to just go yeah. through it. So I get to D.C. Uh, I do my tasting. I've never met Jose before in my life. Um and it was it was him, Ruben Garcia, Aitor, our, our creative directors, uh, everyone from the company, the who's who. Joe Rafa, Terry Cutrino was there. Um, everybody. And I was, you know, I made one plate of each, like, oh boy, two plates of each. So I put the first dish down and, you know, I was confident. I thought it came out great. I was happy with it. I put it down and describe it. Uh, everyone kind of looks at it. They wait for Jose, right? He's the first one who has to take a bite. He takes a bite. He chews it up and, he's, and he literally puts it in his hand and spits <laughs> it out. Can you imagine? And just puts oh it on God. the table. Just like like this chewed up something on the table. Louis doesn't know this story. So good. No, oh, he's never heard time. this one. This oh, this is time. good. Okay. Yeah. So at first I was like, hmm, 
okay, well, it's Jose. He can do whatever he wants. Like, yeah. I don't care. <laughs> so it didn't really, at the time, it didn't really bother me because he can do whatever he wants, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, I didn't really take it personally. Like, it was so bad that he had to spit it out. Yeah. I wasn't thinking that at all. Mm -hmm. It was just weird. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, weird. Yeah. So, Maybe it's a cultural difference. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Uh, but I couldn't think about anything other than my next dish, right? I had to go get it going. So I kind of just put it out of my head and went back to the kitchen. Next dish comes up. Same thing. Present it. <laughs> he puts it in his mouth and he spits it out. Okay. Hmm. All right. Two for two there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I had six dishes. He spit them all out. He spit them all out. I, I would just be freaking out so bad inside. And then he looked at me and he go at the end, first thing he ever said to me, well, because he and Ruben were speaking Catalan the whole time. Uh -huh. And that's when you know they're talking about you. Of course. Right. Because right. <laughs> no. everyone can understand Spanish. But but if they're speaking Catalan. Right. All right. They are. That is directed at me. Yeah. And, right. You know, and that, <laughs> talking. that theory holds true to this day. But, <laughs> um, it's like your parents. So the first right. the first thing he says, not in Catalan, he looks at me and he goes, is that it? Oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was it. And then but I had just come from uh, I was doing a Koshan event in Nashville or something, and I literally flew directly from there and I had a bag, a cryovac bag of pork rinds, dehydrated pork rinds that I had made mm -hmm. for that event. And I was in my knife kit for whatever reason. And so, <laughs> so I was random. like, I was like, well, I have some snacks. I have some pork rind snacks. Go bring them to me. Bring, go get them. The pork rinds. <laughs> oh, I love that. So, some chicharron. Okay. So not part of the tasting, didn't plan it at all. Yeah. So I went, I fried them up. Um, luckily they were like, you know, off an amazing hog that was, you know, locally grown. You know, the pigs that you get for Koshan are unbelievable. Yeah. Some of the best breeds. Uh -huh. So it was super good quality. So I was happy with that. And I fry them up. I don't know. I think I like put some sort of, kept them simple, like some pimentone and, and, and uh, lime zest or something. He I put him in front of him and he lo he's looking at it. He and Ruben are talking to each other in Catalan. And and that was the first thing he was swallowing. He was swallowing and he ate he ate the whole Aww. the whole the whole basket. Huh. OK, so you never know. Right. Yeah. Curveballs. Right. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it worked out. Uh, so Chef Terry's like, OK, go back and, uh, you know, get yourself cleaned up, get clean up your station and then uh, and then meet us back out here. Okay, no problem. I go back, make sure I was super clean, cleaner than I found it. Yeah. You know, that's mm -hmm. that's the thing. I come out, everyone's gone. Everyone's gone. What? And I'm like, okay. <laughs> all, right. Uh. all right, no problem. I'm waiting and waiting. I had to get to the plane. I had to get on the plane to get to go home. And uh, so I left. And I, <laughs> I didn't get any feedback. <laughs> I didn't get any feedback. And And it was like a month later. I finally got a call. Uh, you know, the timing, the time, this timeline is in my head. It probably was a few days, but like, yeah. that's how well, it yeah, yeah, that's true. But, but um, it felt like a month later, I finally got a call. And I thought at that point, I was like, ah, you know, he spit out enough food. I didn't get the job. Yeah. No big deal. You know, we're still it good. It was another experience. Yeah, mm -hmm. it was great to, to, to go through it. And I get a call. Hey, Jose loved everything. You got the job. And I was just like, what? <laughs> This is crazy. Wow. What are you talking about? Like, I appreciate your food. Yeah. Take it out of my mouth. They right loved there. everything. <laughs> the consensus was, you know, so that was the um, 
that's how that went. And then I find out years later, years later, Russell was Jose's assistant at the time. And we were talking uh, and he's like, remember when you came and did your tasting? He's like, I remember that. <laughs> he's like, I was so embarrassed for you because Jose kept spitting out. Your you sound food. exactly like it right now. <laughs> <laughs> and he and he was like, he was trying to be polite by like nonchalantly taking a napkin and pretending to like grab the food like so I wouldn't see that Jose just spit out my food yeah. right you know so he kept, he kept like cleaning it up with a napkin and like shifty eyes <laughs> right. looking yeah. around to make That's sure funny. I didn't see and I'm like he's like yeah I was so embarrassed for you he goes Jose was on this weird diet where he wouldn't swallow anything <laughs> <laughs> and there you go and that was it and that was it I said ah that made sense. And this was like five years later. I finally. Wow. It's like, it was like a big question mark for <laughs> right? so long. You know. So you don't, you never know. You don't have to swallow something to know it's good. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, I'm not going down that right path, now. Louis. I not, not on this episode. No. Yeah, that was, that was my tasting. That, that, was, that was my best friend. Yeah. We, we would go wine tasting and she would always say spitters are quitters. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so she refused to spit out any wine. So of course, every time we went wine tasting, we were just like hammered halfway through. But right. yeah, spitters are quitters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I there had, you go. I had that. <laughs> I had that theory when we were started the R and D for Bizarre Meat. You know. Oh, I remember. Yeah, and then it was um, we tasted. You know, over the span of six or eight months, we tasted over five hundred cuts of meat. Yeah, and it was apparent really quickly that your body just can't digest. You had a half yeah. cow inside you. That's true. <laughs> so if you don't spit it out, like you could really be sick. You could make yourself. Uh-huh. Sick. Yeah, that's true. You know, and and it was only you know it could have been like four or five different cuts a day. It wasn't a lot, but still, we we got to the point where and everything was documented very diligently picture a location where the farm was or where the animal came from what type of crossbreed what was the cut and then so all the information and then and then there was a point system one to five taste texture mouthfeel mm-hmm. finish flavor all that stuff and we had to kind of like wine one to five <laughs> right. yeah yeah we had to treat it that way because by the time you get to 500 you don't remember even what five ago were you right. know so mm-hmm. um that way it was documented and we could go back and be like oh yeah this one was you know and then we 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 reordered all the mm-hmm. fives okay yeah, let's make right. sure we weren't just being stupid oh, that day goodness. Right. so so when the when the time came to like okay we're gonna chew this up get the flavor get all these things and make notes and then spit that thing out like yeah. i do not want to that in my body because I won't be able to digest it for a month. Right. Yeah. And then after like a sitting or a, uh, a whole day of tasting, you just see this. Oh, sorry. You see this whole pile of chewed up. Ugh. And how I was like, oh, my God. That would have like, been inside my yeah. body. <laughs> uh, I, I never told Jose this, but I didn't eat meat. When we opened Bizarre Meat. Well, I remember. You remember I, I, mean, remember. The I actually like, asked you why. Everybody then- knew, but. I was like, don't tell Jose. Like, he'll never let me let it down that my his his executive chef of Bizarre Meat is a vegetarian. Yeah, because David was <laughs> vegetarian for a long I couldn't time. Do drink it. family meal. It was like a over a year. I couldn't do it. Maybe fish here and there, but oh god, no way. Right. Vegetables are sexy anyway. Right. <laughs> way better for you. Yeah. Vegetables yeah. are sexy. Yeah, that's a plug for Jose's new book. Thanks for listening to Two Sharp Chefs in a Microphone. We love subscribers almost as much as we love food. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review. 
And check out Two Sharp Chefs. That's with a number two on Instagram and Facebook, as well as our WordPress blog. Email us with any questions and ideas at twosharpchefs at gmail.com. And Louie, we stream new episodes every Monday on iTunes, Spotify, Radio Public, and Stitcher. It's been a pleasure. We're 86th. Till next week. <laughs>